All right, it's the fantasy finish line. Here we go. finish line podcast i am jason joined as always uh with dave by dave i always screw that line up i'm sorry everybody we can start over right no actually it's live oh live <laughs> at eight o'clock ish uh welcome to the show everyone welcome glenn glenn is joining us today glenn's joined us on the show before thank you for being here glenn thank you guys i really appreciate that he's a little closer to the mic if you would thank you guys cheers all right that's glenn everyone uh glenn is a frequent uh um you know frequent attendee of the uh, chat room so please uh, join the chat room ask us questions during the show tonight uh we'll answer them on the air you can also uh ask us on twitter at drink five you can ask us on facebook though we won't see those during the show because if we're browsing facebook during the show then we're not doing something right Uh oh i'm doing something wrong (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh we need to start out the show as we do every show and find out what everyone's drinking so everyone has a different beer at the moment i believe glenn what do you got over there I have uh, St. Adam's Oktoberfest right now to uh, start off the day. Oh, very nice, the Oktoberfest. And Dave, I, it's some sort of Pilsner, right? Yeah, I believe this is a, uh, a powerful Pils. It's uh, it's a dry hopped Pilsner. It, uh, it's made by Tidehead Brewing, and it looks like, a, I guess, like a real-life version of Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's one of those beers that gets left here on Sunday. It's always fun. And works, I've got the, uh, the Two Brothers Wobble India Pale Ale. Uh, we are, as always, brought to you by Two Brothers, at least hopefully someday. Um, so we're here to talk about uh, a few of the goings-on for week two in the NFL, and we'll talk about week three. We'll preview the week, um, give you some uh, upside plays for this week. We'll touch base on the injuries from week two and all that good stuff. Um, but I, I just want to kind of go around and ask you, you know, what stuck out to you? What's one thing that stuck out to you, Glenn, from week two? I would say the Rams aren't as good as I thought they were. The Rams? Yeah, I think everyone kind of bought into the Rams after the Colts. I certainly yeah. did. Um, but, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, they they still have a long way to go to be a great team. What do you what, what stuck out to you, Dave? Uh, for me, uh, the the Chiefs were, were really good. Kareem Hunt was was fantastic again, and I don't think it's all Kareem Hunt, but I think it's that offensive line, the play calling, everything behind him. Uh, Carlos Hyde had 124 yards on 15 attempts versus the Seahawks, so Carlos Hyde is real. The 49ers in general are not a great team, but Carlos Hyde is doing well for fantasy owners. Yeah, and then also uh, the the Patriots. Tom Brady threw for 300 yards in the first half. Right, three touchdowns in the first quarter, something he's never done before. It's funny, it's uh, 27 points uh, on the second half over. Yeah. It's uh, pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, so, wait, 27 points over the half? Right. Wow. That's pretty good. But, you know, the both offensive kind of, uh, they stalled after the halftime, so there wasn't a whole lot going on afterwards. Right, right, right. But it's one of those things where if you have a fantasy team and you've got like a Tom Brady or, or whoever is throwing a whole bunch of uh, footballs, 
uh, or catching footballs or whatever, scoring you points, racking them up on your fully team. Fully inflated footballs, he'll sure. have you know. Or, you know, inflated as much as they need to be, I guess. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's very interesting because... Uh, because a lot of times teams will do really well in the first half or really well in the second half, and they'll stall on 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 either. And obviously, that has a lot to do with the opposing team's defense and the endurance of the team. Yeah. But it just sucks because you're looking at the points and you're like, okay, so Tom Brady scored uh, 300 yards. He has like 20 points. So so basically, he's on pace for 40. Basically, yeah. he'll get 600 yards. Is yeah. what'll happen. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, Yahoo and, and some other of the uh, of the fantasy um, draft uh, websites, they will give you the projected points, and it's just a, a straight mathematical formula. Right, <laughs> they don't take into account situation or anything. Yeah, so like when Kareem Hunt scored on that first Thursday, the first football game ever, and he started scoring touchdowns, and he's like he's like twenty twenty three points, and like okay, so he's gonna score probably like. 46 points in a standard scoring league. No well, it was problem. only 40 in a standard league. How disappointing. <laughs> so uh, what stuck out to me in week two was the Broncos. They played very well. They basically got the Cowboys to give up, which is, you know, not easy. The Cowboys are a good team. Um, so the Broncos looked great. They weren't just, you know, playing well against um, whoever the hell they played last week. <laughs> I'm already, the you know, Chargers. short-term memory. Was it the Chargers? Because it was the Chargers, right. But, no, yeah. the Broncos looked really good, and the Lions. I must give credit to the Lions. They looked really good. They're 2-0. and Both those teams are 2-0. and I expect both of them to make playoff runs. I think the Lions are going to go pretty far this year. They look like they can win the North. Uh, Green Bay looks looks okay, but their defense is soft this year, so we'll have to see how that And they are up. suffering wide receiver injuries already. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I had mentioned that I think earlier when we did kind of a pre-draft uh, show, which is that Green Bay always looks good. They always look good, but the problem, right. the problem <laughs> they have Aaron is Aaron Rodgers. They're the problem is that if they have a couple injuries there on the wide receiver core, notably Jordy Nelson, or if their defense is not stacking up to where it should be, then that forces them to score thirty-five points a game to win, and that's hard for any team, even with Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be tough for them this year. Uh, if if Sam Bradford's healthy on the Vikings. The Detroit Lions continue to look good. I don't think the Bears are a threat in the NFC North, but that's tough. <laughs> that's tough for the Packers to have two other teams that are finally good and competing. Well, I mean, you must give credit to the Lions at the moment. The Packers are looking up to the Lions. The Packers, the Lions are the only two and O team. It's very true in the NFC North. Yeah, there's a lot of undefeated. Teams. There's plenty of undefeated teams. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, so uh, let's touch on some of the injuries from Week Two, so we can wrap that week up. Uh, thank you to Mike Massarino, who does our injury report. Uh, he set up another one this week. All right. So starting Bree- off, over it. at uh, quarterback, we had Sam Bradford, who did not play. It was uh, late in the week sort of thing that popped up, and he wound up not playing against the uh, Steelers. The Vikings are calling it a bone bruise, and um, uh, this is sort of a, I guess, a you know day-to-day thing at the moment. They need to look at uh, Bradford and make a decision for next week. Um, so the Vikings do play. Um, they have a good matchup next week against someone. Granted, of course, it'd be someone. It sounds like I you have, have my the, schedule. They're playing Tampa Bay. I, I have believe. my schedule right in front of me. You've got the schedule down pat. It sounds like tonight. Oh, boy. I believe they're playing Tampa Bay. So <laughs> you are right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna go to you for who's playing who. Well, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a tough matchup. I hope Sam Bradford plays. Uh, Mike Evans and Xavier Rhodes is gonna be a really, really, really tough matchup for both of them. Right. I wonder who's gonna come out ahead. Is Deshaun Jackson gonna have a good game? It, it certainly would lean that way, I think. If the Vikings have Bradford, then obviously Diggs and Thielen are gonna be uh, uh, 
pretty good receivers for the week. And I, I look at my rankings the way that I do this is every day I look at who is uh, questionable or, or who is solid and how they've been doing. So for right now, I, for example, have Diggs and Thielen up pretty high, not as high as they were before, because I assume that Bradford's going to come in. But if he doesn't, they drop back down to, right. to being borderline unplayable. Diggs is like a flex play instead of a WR2. So it's tough, um, but I agree with you. If Bradford plays, I think they win. So if, for right now, we're going to kind of assume, assume that Bradford's going to play. But yes. as always, keep an eye out. I mean, Pay attention. History shows he's he's the glass man. Well, there's plenty of glass men in the NFL. That's true. You can't just pin that on Sam Bradford. <laughs> it's just unfortunate that it happens after uh, you know some really nice games. It's a, a nice game, I should say. Maybe his best ever. Maybe now that Ryan Matthews is out of the league, he can be the glass man. <laughs> How old was Ryan Matthews when he left the league? Was he only like 28 or something like that? Yeah, I don't think that he's... I don't think he left the league because he chose to. Is he the one that was trying to get Le'Veon Bell to work at the Holy Dairy Queen? Holy shit. Ryan Matthews, same birthday as me. Huh. Well, this is exciting. It, wow. Yeah, this is brand new. <laughs> He'll be 30 uh, next month. Okay, all right. So he's probably... He's probably just going to stay at that glass door. It's a Dairy door. Queen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other quarterback that had some injury issues this week was De- Deshaun Kaiser. And I'll get this right as long as it's written down in front of me. There you go. Um, so he had a migraine in the middle of the game. And he left for like the second and third quarters. But he did come back. Um, and, you know, it's the Browns. So it's not like it really matters who's playing for them at the moment. But they do need to develop their young players. Um, uh, I don't know that Deshaun Kaiser is being started by anyone. And they did lose Corey Coleman, who we'll get to uh, shortly. Um, so at running back, uh, Rob Kelly has a rib injury now, and it looks like it's going to be Samaje Perrine and Chris Thompson carrying the load. Um, so do you guys like either of them as a starter to replace Rob Kelly? Uh, was there a, a good running game to worry about? Because Chris Thompson's clearly going to be a hot pickup right now. Chris Thompson is not a starter. Chris Thompson does not get very many touches in the games. If you look at how many touches he actually received, not very many. He just does a lot with them. He's not going to be someone that the coach ever puts like uh, between the tackles. And the coaches mention that every week. So uh, pick him up, absolutely, in a PPR league. Otherwise, in a standard league, he is not worth starting. Uh, Perrine may be a starter for a week or two. But from what I've heard, Rob Kelly avoided the fracture, which means he'll probably come back again and uh, continue to split carries or take over the backfield. You know that Perrine is a rookie, and because of that, you, you really can't trust him to have that role going forward unless there is nobody else there. So you, you, are, you are a full sit on Chris Thompson. No, I, I like Chris Thompson. I, I'm saying, okay. did you hear what I said, sir? Well, you, you mean that he's not the starter for the team, but he could be a starter for your fantasy team. What I said was, PPR leagues, Chris Thompson is always startable because he's a threat for a touchdown and will get passes out of the backfield. But he doesn't get enough touches in a standard scoring league to be a starter for your team. Yep, only 13 touches on the year, but he's the fifth highest scoring running back so far. Because of touchdowns, right? Sure, I mean, you know, he has uh, three touchdowns now. So, if you have 13 touches uh, and you've had all that production, that's fantastic, but you can't trust a guy who has 13 touches. You can't trust that on his seven touches... In week three, that he's gonna, you know, somehow run for eighty and a touchdown, right? That's true. That's true. Although, like you said, in a PPR, I'm still gonna put him in. That's exactly it. Well, mm-hmm. Washington's offense in general has been pretty stagnant so far. It so. has. Kirk Cousins. You know, you look at last year, and we we all talked about this. How Kirk Cousins was great. We were gonna. He was gonna throw the ball to Terrell Pryor. He's this, this new wide receiver one who's gonna blow up the world. He's done nothing. Jamison Crowder has not been the PPR stud that everyone wants him to be. 
the running game has not done what it's supposed to do. So uh, Washington is is really disappointing for for drafters that that picked a lot of players from that team. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, I'm disappointed. Well, I hell, I don't think I drafted any of them. Well, I drafted Chris Thompson in a bunch of leagues. Well, then I haven't started him yet. I'm a little disappointed that I haven't like tried to strike it rich there. But For okay. you, Thompson is probably the best guy on the team uh, as far as a uh, fantasy perspective. Yeah. Oh, he certainly is so far. Well, but then it's you're... a very small sample size. Right. So small. I mean, but but Washington, didn't they have uh, like uh, the uh, the most passing attempts or, or close to it um, last year, for example? You've got Kirk Cousins. You're expecting him to just chuck it down the field and have everybody involved get a bunch of fantasy points, and it's not happening. Well, well wasn't that McVay, right? Yeah. Here's a small fact also. Guess what the highest passing attempts was last year? Detroit? What team? Detroit, I would guess, no. yeah. Baltimore. Really? Oh, most the Flackermeister. Most passing attempts wow. out of any team last year. So that's why a lot of people were high on Baltimore also because they thought they were going to do that. But their defense is obviously. Yeah. No, that's true. And they had Danny Woodhead, and then, uh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so we got Jordan Howard with a shoulder. Um, he was spotted after the game in a sling. I was unaware of that. I really try not to pay attention to the Bears, I suppose. It's, it's an effort thing for me. Um, Is but, that because you used to be a fan, and now you're, you know, you're like hiding with a cloak in the, in the background? I try to think I wasn't ever really a fan. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, Tariq Cohen did out-touch him 15-9 to in, the, in a blowout game. I don't know that we're going to see a ton of Jordan Howard like we did last year. Um, so keep an eye on him and maybe start looking uh, for looking elsewhere. Because if you drafted him, you've been starting in the last couple of weeks, I would assume. Well, Tariq, Tariq was a big pickup, right? He was one of the big waiver wire pickups of this past week. And we'll right. see if his production can continue. Certainly in a PPR league, he's good. But what did he have last uh, week? Like so five for 47 or something? That's only good in PPR. It's not good in standard. Sure, it, but the 15 touches is still encouraging. Exactly. Uh, and the fact that Jordan Howard expect- left in a sling. Now, he said, I believe, that his arm was fine. But what football player is not going to say that, no, there's no problem, I'm good? Exactly. And really, I mean... There's going to be a lot of garbage time for the Bears this year. So, like you said, Jordan Howard played really well last year. He was a really – a lot of people said – He was a top-ten running back The, last the year. word elite got, got thrown around a little bit. You know. And, and you I, can throw it around. Let's just not label him. No, yeah. I mean uh, elite running skills, running talent. He had the most rushing yards in the NFL last year, didn't he? Did if he he's not? in this room, he is elite as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, point is, uh, when we interview Jordan Howard, we're going to tell him he's a great running back. I mean, yeah, that's not. There's nothing false about that. But statement. what I was saying, uh, I think last night or or whenever it was, I, I was making a little quip about how the Bears almost every year lately uh, have had like a, a great running back, and then the next year they have a new running back who's better than him. They ditch the old guy. Like that's just that's kind of the Bears' mo. It's becoming. Right. They went from Forte that. to Langford. Langford, Langford to, to Howard, Howard, Howard to Cohen. To Cohen. Yep. Is it Langford on Baltimore now? Yep, he, he got signed to the practice squad. He's spot. getting the C.J. Spiller treatment in, from Baltimore. Cut for Baltimore. Signed to Baltimore. You're cut back on the Baltimore. practice squad. Signed now you're Baltimore. signed. C.J. Spiller got cut three times. Come to London with times. us. Yeah, you're cut again. <laughs> How does that make you feel as a football player if you get cut three times and then signed three times? Well, every time you get signed, you probably get a little bit of scratch. I don't know. A bonus? It's a like bonus. those guys. So I was wondering today. So like I don't know the, if you get a bonus for the practice squad, man. Why would people do that if they weren't getting paid something? People want to be on They're the practice squad because something. they get paid. Uh, well, the, they get paid for being on the practice squad. They get paid squad. the league minimum, which is like $6,000 a week or something. Right, right, right. But then the league minimum for a game is much higher. So, like, the 
the guy who played tight end last week for the Houston signed for like one week with them. And that guy like probably makes like $50,000 for the game. <laughs> Cause he's probably a veteran and that's like the league minimum. Yeah. Poor Houston. All their tight ends are injured. It's terrible. I think they'll have Ryan Griffin back this week though. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting play. But yeah, Jordan Howard, let's move on from yep. him. We don't know, but, but to your point, uh, people were starting him. People drafted him high, and those who people that did draft him high, they're they're really disappointed right now. Exactly. We always tell people start your studs, and those people are still starting. Jordan Howard, not a stud. I don't. Yeah, he I fell would, off the list. I would remove him from that list as yeah. well. Yeah. So we got Demarco Murray with a hamstring injury. Um, I think it was kind of a situation of they, you know, thought he may have tweaked something, and then they went ahead and just didn't put him in for the rest of the game. Derrick Henry was playing very well, and they had a huge lead. So there's no need to force DeMarco Murray back in. Um, I do think that he's going to be in a, in a good timeshare, like a 60-40 kind of situation with Henry. Um, so maybe that'll take away a little bit of his value, but he'll, he should still be healthy. So keep an eye on him practicing this week. We'll get injury reports tomorrow, and we'll know more. Um, then you got Rex Burkhead, who has a rib injury. Um, right away in the game, he caught a pass out of the slot, exactly like everyone said he would. So that was encouraging if you started Rex Burkhead. Uh, he did not finish the game, though, because he uh, left in the fourth quarter. And, of course, it's a Belichick team, so, you know, it might be his toe or he might have had cancer. You know, we're <laughs> never going to know the difference. Uh, we will hear an injury report tomorrow on them as well. Um, over at wide receiver, a couple uh, – well, one really big name, Jordy Nelson, uh, put up a big goose egg for everyone who needed, like, a point or two. Sorry, Gramps. Uh, from Jordy Nelson. Um, so that was early in the game. He had, uh, you know, got hit in the thigh. That usually gives you a bad bruise and stuff like that. Um, as Mike said, he got a good Charlie horse. Uh, but it's 50-50 for this week. We'll see what happens. They play uh, on Sunday, which is a good thing. I think they play early. Oh, no, they play uh, at 325 on Sunday. So you do need uh, to have a possible backup in place ready for Jordy Nelson. Uh, remember that tonight when you're setting up your waiver wires. Okay. Um, Corey Coleman broke his hand, the same hand as last year. I know last year he did not have surgery in order to fix his hand. Correct. So this year he is going on IR. He'll be out for at least eight weeks. Um, we'll see if he's able to get it fixed. You know, he seems to be able to catch when he's healthy. It's just that he keeps breaking his hand. Corey Coleman was a stud rookie. He uh, That injury ruined his rookie year. And, and now it's doing the same thing to him on a sophomore year that he was looking like he had upside. Yeah. And this is the same kind of thing that happens to a lot of people. I, I look at guys like Kevin White who, who, who have promised, get injured, get injured, get injured. What happens after you get injured three times in a row? If he gets injured next year, Corey Coleman's going to be cut from the Browns. Like He's yeah. just oh, no yeah. longer talent at that point if you can't trust him to play more than if two If they games. had a deeper bench, they might cut him like sooner even. Well, I mean... Uh, and we might talk about these guys later, but Higgins is the guy that they're bringing up to, to be the starter, and no one's ever heard of him. So that's the kind of situation Cleveland's in right now. Exactly. Um, Which is so, good for my Steelers, I'll tell you what. So don't hold on to Corey Coleman. Josh Gordon. Okay. <laughs> that's why we bring you here. Drink. For Josh Gordon. Hey, the, <laughs> Josh Gordon. The Josh Gordon hype train has never died. It's still chugging along at like 20 miles an hour along the tracks. And maybe he'll come back. Are you saying that it's going extra slow on the tracks? No, I'm saying that he still has a chance of getting put back into the league this year. Oh, sure. Totally does. Um, Okay, so a couple of other notable injuries. (laughs) Probably not, ever. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Uh, So Corey Davis had a hamstring injury. He did return to the game. Philip Dorsett, the new Patriot, 
um, got hurt. Uh, he's not really you know fantasy relevant at the moment. Kendall Wright uh, has an arm injury. I, I was unaware. I know, I know Jeremy Macklin left the game and then came back and scored a touchdown. So good for him. He's had like he's got he's doing the Marvin Jones thing, right? He's had like four catches this year and two of them are touchdowns. Yeah. There's another reason why I think Tariq Cohen is a great uh, play and you can't really pick him up anymore because he's been picked up already by everybody. But Kendall Wright was the last bastion of the Bears and he's a guy we talked about pre-draft is a good receiver that came in as a slot receiver uh, from Tennessee. I went and saw the game a couple times. I really enjoyed like he had some crossing patterns. He scored touchdowns. He was He was good. But if he's out Everybody on the Bears is out. There are no wide receivers. I, I couldn't tell you one name of a wide receiver currently on that team that's currently playing. Uh, Marcus Wheaton has an injury, so he's not playing. So I, I don't know one wide receiver on that team. Josh Bellamy. Is, is he, he, is he is playing? He, he should be. Is he healthy? <laughs> is he I don't healthy? know. He might be dead. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy relevance? No. He'll, he'll drop the ball just like everybody else. Oh, All right, let's man. check out their depth chart. Who do they have? They have to? they have Wheaton and Wright on there, but Bellamy and Deontay Thompson. So those are their two Trey top McBride guys, and Tan- Tanner Gentry is the rookie. He got a little bit of, of action in the last game. He just got waved, I think. Yeah. So um, good a time as any to bring it up, right? Do you yeah, the guys, Bears literally just cut him. Do you guys think <laughs> that uh, the Bears should be leaning towards Mitch Trubisky now, or is it a good idea to wait on him? I think Mitch Trubisky should sit on the bench the entire year. And not for the sake that the Bears, I mean, they should develop him and put him in, but I think his health and his mental status, he should sit on the bench. Because if he goes in there and gets killed all season, what's Do you think a happen? football player gets better by not playing football? Uh, Aaron Rodgers did. Uh, well, I think Aaron Rodgers was always at least that good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Aaron Rodgers had a very unique situation, and he said for a very long time, but he was behind a Hall of Famer. Who probably didn't like take him aside and say, "Hey, youngin, let me teach you how to take my job from me." That's not what Brett Favre was doing. He he got to sit back and watch him play, but that's not what Trubisky gets to do. I think that Trubisky should be in the the argument that there's nobody to throw the ball to is you know is true, but it's irrelevant in my book because they're not going to have anyone for him to throw the ball to next year. Do you know how many times Aaron Rodgers had to accidentally see Brett Favre's dick? <laughs> a lot of times, man. <laughs> That's gonna make him more than anything want to try to take over the the you know the <laughs> under center on that team. He's like, oh, every time he gets me, every time Brett Favre. <laughs> anyway, um, so I just think, especially when you got some garbage time, you know, you can't worry about the health of football players. If they're gonna play football, they're gonna play football. Um, if they're injured, you may not want to play them. But he's healthy. So he should be okay to play. They're not, I don't think, giving up a ton of sacks right now. So they're able to keep, they're able to protect him. Therefore, he should be getting reps in a live game because Mike Lennon is not going to do anything for them. He's not a bridge to another thing. Um, there is no one there. You know, maybe you try to develop Trubisky along with some other guys, or maybe you get Trubisky set up, and then when you bring in wide receivers, you've already got a quarterback who's established. You know, rather the- than. Trying to teach both of them at the same time. The argument is always that you have to give a guy time to develop in the NFL with an NFL offense and an NFL defense. Um, Glennon's a guy who at least has has been through that. So if you put a guy like Trubisky in, who only started, correct me if I'm wrong, 13 college games in his entire career, uh, and going right to the NFL, 
Um, the preseason work that he did does not really it doesn't adequately uh, give you a picture of what he'll he'll really look like if he's playing against the Steelers like James Harrison is who's coming in at you or you know if he's right. playing against the um, the Tennessee Titans or or the New England Patriots those those linebackers uh, the the defensive line he needs to look across the line and see Ziggy Ansa coming for him yeah that's tough. Well, I mean, he needs I, to be there. Look, I agree with you. I think I think they need to to go to Trubisky because Lennon is not anything but a stopgap. But could they ruin him by starting him too early? Yes, absolutely. I don't think you can ruin quarterbacks. I think it happens like a lot. Who who got ruined by starting too early? Robert Griffin the third. My answer. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I can't think of anyone who has been a high draft pick. The problem you can't really think of them because because they maybe don't they exist don't hit after like the first couple games. I, I just <laughs> I, I don't know, and it's it's completely objective, right? There's no like measuring stick to say, well, if this guy had sat for longer, then he would have been better. Christian Ponder, Tannehill, Christian Ponder, Ponder. Yeah, maybe. All well, high well draft can, picks we that... can all agree that Trubisky is is should be a better start than uh, Glennon, but right now there, there's no one for him to throw the ball to, so it's not like. He's relevant, really. At the He's moment. not fantasy relevant at all. Okay, but I, I, I feel that the argument I hear in Chicago is, well, there's no one for him to throw the ball to. Let's protect him. And I, I bought into that for two weeks, and then I thought, well, who are they going to throw the ball to next year? Fair who's he going to throw the ball into the year after? And they have Zach Miller, who's been a good pass catcher. They have Tariq Cohen, who can catch the ball. There are people he can throw the ball to. Yes, yeah, Zach Miller just and Tariq Cohen. not good down the field receivers. And Perennial Pro Bowlers. They've never <laughs> been able to get down the field receivers. So. I don't expect him to start next year. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so that was my little, you know, Mitch Trubisky rant. Um, anyways, uh, we have any more injuries? I think we do. Uh, the tight ends. The tight ends are important, right? Greg Olson broke his foot and still scored ten times as many points as my tight end. Uh, so he broke his foot. He's on the IR. He's gone for a while. Jordan Reed. I would assume just seeing Jordan Reed on the injury report that it's a concussion, but it's not. No. Wow, good he, for you, Jordan Reed. He has a bruised chest, which probably means a bruised rib. And Rob Gronkowski tweaked his groin after scoring his 69th touchdown. That's not related at all. Not at all. Those things are not related. <laughs> we just, said just Gronkowski. He's like, uh, he's like, I gotta get off the field and like just go to the locker room and be by myself for a little bit after my 69 touchdowns in the NFL. Yeah. Come on, give the guy a break. All right. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're going to jump over to Jim. Uh, Jim Hutchins set up a column for us this week. Five upside picks for week three. And make sure you're going to our website, checking out what we have uh, posted. we got all kinds of good content, starting all the way on Monday when you can read the insignificant statistics. Well, how do you get to the website? They're statistically insignificant. We're at www.drink5.com. You know what's cool? You don't have to say the www anymore. I know. It's great. <laughs> Nobody ever says it. It's good. The best fantasy football website. On the internet. Oh, all right. Bar none. <laughs> all right. We're going to cut that and use it later on. <laughs> Bar none. Bar none. <laughs> so we're halfway through the show. We're going to skip off of week two and move into week three. So if you do want to read the insignificant stats that I came up with, go to the website and check it out. Um, so Jim has five upside players, guys who, um, you know, are owned in low amounts of leagues that you may want to start this week. So okay. to start it out, we've got Richard Higgins, who you mentioned earlier, in Cleveland. Uh, just signed off the Browns practice squad last week. Caught 7, 11 tar- seven of 11 targets for 95 yards. Um, Corey Coleman's out, as we said. So Higgins 
could be a guy that you want to start maybe in a DFS option or maybe your wide receivers are already decimated because you drafted Allen Robinson and, you know, Corey, <laughs> you know, all the people who've been injured so far. Um, so maybe you need to start Rashad Higgins, uh, Rashard Higgins. Um, you know, I need all these names in front of me now. <laughs> I, I'm not as good as I have been in years past. Uh, so we got the Miami DST, who, of course, is playing the Jets. We always like to target whoever's pick on whoever's playing the Jets, right? So um, uh, that's a good pick. But if you I, – I would say that if you are playing uh, in a league that uh, you have to pay in some way, shape, or form for uh, your players that you pick up, whether it's transaction fees or whether you have to bid on them for auction, I would consider not going with Miami only because they play in London the following week and you're not going to want to keep them for the next week. So um, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, they've got some turmoil at linebacker as well. So I do expect them to play very well against the Jets. Um, but there may be other DST options out there. Just my opinion. Um, so we got Marquise Lee, uh, 34% owned. So, you know, these are all guys who are going to be played uh, kind of, you know, when you don't have a whole lot of options. Anyways, um, uh, Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns. You know, making up for Blake Bortles or helping out Blake Bortles. Someone has to help out Blake Bortles. They play the Ravens. They're going to play in London this week. I mean, they're already on the team. They're not like they didn't come because there was like a Blake Bortles distress call. (laughs) (laughs) They put up like a Jaguar in the night sky and and Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee came running. No, I mean, they're, they're good receivers. We've seen this in the past. We know that they're good receivers. We know that Blake Bortles can throw them the ball. Yes, he might have an interception in between a touchdown, but it's still going to happen. They're still going to get theirs. And and last week, did Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee not put up good performances in PPR leagues? I think both of them had six or seven receptions for uh, like 80 yards each, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the problem with the Jaguars is that they don't have enough garbage time. They need more. <laughs> <laughs> Their defense is too good for that. Yeah, it's the defense gets better, and then like Blake Bortles can't have enough garbage time. Well, their defense was pretty bad last week. <laughs> they scored 28 points in week one and negative one point in week two. Well, my prediction is that uh, both the Jacksonville Jaguars defense and the Baltimore defense will have defensive touchdowns in this game at 8.30 in the morning. Oh, that's some excitement Ooh. for early in the morning. And you talked about Miami. Uh, you know, streaming options are play anyone against the Jets, then pick right. an up, the next person who's against the Jets or whatever. But but I think that every single week, if you play against the Jets, you'll you'll do better than average. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those years where if you play the team that plays the Jets, you will do better than just keeping with a or the defense Bears all year. Or the Bears. I don't know about the Bears yet. Maybe the Niners as well. The Bears might be one of those teams, though. You know they have they've proved it in the past. They have the possibility to become one of those teams. <laughs> um, so so Alan Hearns, Marquise Lee, Miami Dolphins. Who, who else is on the list? Uh, the the number one guy on his list is Chris Thompson. I totally concur with this one. Um, he concurs. I concur. So um, <laughs> three touchdowns already this season, which is amazing. Uh, must almost start him in PPR formats. Um, absolutely must start. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, in fact, so. he's probably an RB two in PPR. So that's good stuff. Uh, I like Chris Thompson. Um, I think that you know Chris or Kirk Cousins has a good rapport with him. He likes throwing the ball to him. Um, so you know we're getting good things out of him. Um, so that's the that's the five. And then uh, what else we got going on? We got a question, don't we? 
No questions. Someone needs to ask us a question in the chat room. That would help. Well, I, I have plenty of questions. Uh, okay. why, don't, why don't you just see uh, you know what what's next on the docket here, and I'll, I'll pull up some stuff for us to talk about, okay? Okay. Um, we have a, uh, a lineup question on Twitter. This is by YJ1Future. He says, need help setting up lineup for week three. He's 0-2. And on the waiver, there are a few tight ends, Watson, Engram, Dixon, and Curse for a wide receiver. So uh, he wants us, us to help set his lineup. Um he currently has, uh, it looks like, Adam Thielen, Terrence West, Bilal Powell, oh. Pierre Garçon, Chris Thompson, Mohamed Sanu, um, Baltimore defense, and Giorgio Tavecchio. Um, oh, definitely start Giorgio. And then Carson Wentz, uh, Terrell Pryor, Calvin Benjamin, Devontae Parker. Here's, here's what I'll do. I'll give you the, uh, the quarterback. It's Carson Wentz. So I'm, I think we're going to stick with Carson because he's the only quarterback on the roster right now. I don't know what's on the free agency. Yeah. Let's talk about wide receivers. He has Terrell Pryor, Kelvin Benjamin, Devontae Parker, and then he has Adam Thielen and Pierre Garçon and Mohamed Sanu. You can start three. So does he just start uh, Pryor, Benjamin, and Parker like he has currently going? I Yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now. Um, yeah, I would put – I mean, the only one you might want to switch out is Pryor for Thielen. Um, and that certainly if, if would Bradford's only be play. if Bradford's playing. Bradford's playing. Bradford's now, playing. now, on that segue, you know, uh, about Pryor. So uh, Pryor has been kind of a highly vaunted guy. He's on a one-year prove-it contract with the Redskins. He hasn't done that well the first two weeks. Is that just, um, you know, jitters and getting to know the team and Kirk Cousins not playing well? Or is that think about, you know, uh, uh, trading him or playing other people on a weekly basis? I mean, if you could somehow get a uh, sell-high... I mean, there's not a sell high really. He scenario can't sell for him. high if he's not doing well. But if you yeah. got a good offer for him, I would take it. Uh, or if you bundled them with something else, so you I, don't. You don't. I think was never sold on Prior this year, but that's just me. Um, I I kind of think that what they've got going on over there is going to work anyways. Okay, so uh, maybe put Thielen in over Prior. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I if, would Bra- that. if yeah. Bradford's playing. If okay. Bradford's playing. If he's not, keep Pryor in there. Running backs, he has Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think you need to change that because no. those are two guys in my top five. So Yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about Ezekiel Elliott from last week. And then as a tight end, we have Kyle Rudolph. Um, and like he said, he could go ahead and, and trade him out for maybe uh, Watson, Engram, or Dixon. I say no. Keep with Kyle Rudolph as well as long as Sam Bradford is playing. Uh, if he's not playing... Then what I would do is maybe think Take about Evan Ingram? swapping out Evan Engram and getting rid of a guy like Bilal Powell, dropping him from your team because Bilal Powell is not playing any snaps. He's not doing well. He's on the Jets. Yeah, it's really kind of and with bummer. Elliot and and Bell uh, on your team as well as uh, Tariq Cohen, like you don't really need Bilal Powell. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's and and uh, Terrence West as well. So I think that's our advice to you. Um, and he's got a flex spot with Tariq Cohen in it. Um, would you put any of these other bench guys in instead of Tariq Cohen? Maybe I, Chris Thompson. I think maybe Chris Thompson instead of Cohen. I would put Cohen would or put, Thompson. Um, put Thompson in. That's a tough one, but yes, I agree. It would be Thompson or Cohen. If it's a PPR league, then that's that's it's really tough because the Bears, the, the Redskins have other options. The Bears don't. That's true. So I'm thinking against Pittsburgh, like there might just be a lot of flats. And heck, even if Cohen doesn't get any yardage, he might get 10 passes. That's still 10 points in a PPR league. Yeah, that's tr- yeah. <laughs> Garbage time touchdown, and all of a sudden he's got an 18-point game. But you're right. I, I actually like Chris Thompson a little bit better than Cohen. So so there you go, uh, uh, Jay, Jay Beggie, however you pronounce that. 
Um, and I'll, I'll send that over to him on Twitter. Uh, but do we have another segment to move to? Uh, well, we can jump over to the um, to the uh, over-unders and then maybe answer a few more questions at the end of the show. Sure. Okay, so uh, we talk about over-unders every week. Last week, it was just Dave and I here. Uh, we had uh, Tariq Cohen, who only scored 4.8 points. He went under the 10. Uh, that one Standard goes league. to me. These are all standard scoring, by the way. Okay. Uh, Corey Davis went under at zero point four. Hamstring injury. Right, right. Not not great there. AJ Green went under his ten points. So Dave uh, called that Cincinnati one. Bengals. <laughs> Sam Bradford <laughs> did not play, and I'll still give you the benefit of the under eighteen there, um, because uh, we had Kerwin Williams at. Uh, we set the line at nine point seven. He went under. As well, and uh, Indianapolis Colts are like good against the running backs. Who knew? And Dave's gonna pick a brewery, and then we're gonna go there, and he's gonna buy me like three beers or something like that. Yeah, and that, I quote, "I think that's official. I think it's, <laughs> I think it should be three Floyds. Just saying, three Floyds. Three Floyds. It's it's the losers. Lo- I believe the losers' said, choice. I believe we said local, not like far away. Look, if we right. happen to be in Colorado, and Dave's <laughs> like, "Hey, let's fulfill the bet," then I'm not gonna argue. Indiana. I'm not gonna be like, Indiana. "That's not local." Indiana. <laughs> But yes, he's, he has a point. He has a point. <laughs> okay, so this week it's all standard scoring. Uh, we're going to pick three players and a tiebreaker. Um, the loser will buy the bottle for the Jamison Invitational next year. Wow. Which does, that, could, does that mean it's a it's a full handle? Oh, yeah, we're going to get the big guy. All right. I mean, we've gotten the big one the last few years. Yep. You it, need the big one it's for a big the Jamison bottle. Invitational. Oh, yeah. You want to so tell them what the Jamison September Invitational 2nd, is? September 2nd, 2018. It will be the draft. we got to explain to them what the Jamison Invitational is. The Jamison Invitational is. is the draft for um, for the uh, first fantasy league that I ever started, 3-Minute Warning. Um, it's the draft. It's been renamed the Jamison Invitational, mostly thanks to Dave, because one year he decided that he was going to bring a bottle of Jamison this and sit next wanted, to Glenn. The story. And he was going to kind of, you know, <laughs> decide to see if he could tip the scales a little bit, put his thumb on the scale of the draft. And yeah. even if Dave doesn't win the league, he usually wins the Jamison Invitational. So, you know, at least cheers to that, guys. But I make the playoffs. You make the playoffs, <laughs> Dave brings the Jamison. <laughs> Very nice, gentlemen. No, Dave made the playoffs, and Troy, former Drink 5 member, uh, was good enough to wear his uh, onesie. onesie. Yeah, he was uh, Don't Care Bear. It was a pretty sweet onesie. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. Yes. On T321 in the chat asks, uh, don't you still hate pants? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, actually, Glenn does hate pants, just uh, for the benefit of everyone listening. It's it's still a thing. I'm not, pants? I'm not wearing them right now. Oh, jeez. And we have to deal with this, too. Right here, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so over unders. Why don't you explain how that works uh, for everybody listening? We'll do it quickly, and then uh, I think the person that wins needs to explain why uh, why it is that, that they're going the over. The person who goes different, number. sure, that'll be fine. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to start at a point value. We'll go around the circle real quick and see if everyone agrees. If everyone agrees, we're going to move that number up or down depending on where we landed, and then we're going to keep moving the number until we find a place that we don't agree anymore. Deal. You need a beer, Dave? You can just say that out loud. Shot. Oh. He wants to keep that one quiet. So, anyways, we're going to start with Trevor I Simeon. I love working with you guys. <laughs> you don't say any kind of offstage directions. It's great. <laughs> I think people know that it's a couple guys just sitting in a studio. A very advanced, uh, high-tech studio. I think that's every radio show, my friend. Right, right, right. So, we're jumping just, on the radio bandwagon. Right, we're here. a radio show. We're not a podcast. Cheers. Get it straight, everyone. 
So anyways, we're going to start with Trevor Simeon, the league's number one quarterback. Um, he has scored uh, an incredibly consistent number of points this year. So I do believe it's like 26.32 and 26.36 points for him this year. Uh, 23.66 and 23.64. So um, you can't really get much more consistent than that, much more awesome than that. But he does go on the road finally. He'll be playing Buffalo. We're going to set the line at 20 points for Trevor Simeon. Uh, I'll, I'll start. I want to go over with Trevor Simeon. Over 20. Over. Dave's also over. Glenn. Would you like to go over or under 20 points on Trevor Where Simeon? Is he, where is he playing? He's going to be playing in Buffalo, in Sunday Buffalo. at noon. Sunday at noon. Standard scoring league. Under. Why do you choose under, Glenn? I choose under because I think they're going to run the ball. And they're going to be able to run the ball all over Buffalo, and that defense is going to keep Buffalo's horrid offense off the field. <laughs> There's been a lot of running the ball already. I just feel like... A ton of running. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Dave and I will go over. I'll tell you what I think. I, I agreed with you. I watched, actually wanted to go under, but I was I was hoping that you guys all went over first because so that you can... I, I think Simeon is due for a regression, um, and I don't think it's because they're running. I think it's because he's not an amazing quarterback. I think it's because he's had two great games. I think that that's a fun little aspect of the way that we've set this up is that people try to bet a, they'll, they'll early on they'll go away from what they think to try to move the line. Sure, it's it's strategic. Right. There's a lot of strategy the, going on here. That's right. George <laughs> W. Bush has a lot to do with fantasy football and a lot with uh, over-unders. Think, right. Right? That's what we're really talking I agree. about. I agree. Right. Our, our podcast is really a subterfuge. Uh, it's, it's talking about George W. Bush as... The greatest no. painter of our generation. <laughs> yes, he was amazing. We've never seen his uh, his his, his ultimate portraits. piece. Yes. <laughs> okay, so next player, a guy we've talked about a lot today, Chris Thompson. Uh, we're gonna start the line at eleven points. Dave, you choose first. You want to go over or under eleven points for Chris Thompson? Sure, uh, I'll go under. Standard scoring league. Standard scoring. Eleven league. points means he doesn't score a touchdown. That's it. Right. I mean, that's essentially what you're looking at there. Uh, Glenn, you want to go over under 11? Can I come back to this one? Well, uh, it's kind of that we – you'll start okay. the next one first. Right. and I'm then gonna over. You're going to go over. over against uh, – you know what? I don't think Oakland's that as great as everybody thinks they I are. think he's going to score a touchdown. I'm going over. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the, f- the next one is A.J. Green. Um, we're going to set his line at eight points. So, so – just, just to make this clear, yes, we are setting A.J. Green's line lower than Chris Thompson's line. But we'll start here at 8. Glenn? Over. Yeah, I knew you'd go over on A.J. Green. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go guy. over. Are we are we serious? Is this a serious conversation? Yes. Over, over on A.J. Green. Okay, over. I wasn't sure where to start. I wanted to go close to what he's been doing. So, so we'll move it up to 9. Glenn, you want to go over 9? Yes. You're going to go over 9. Uh, I'll go over 9. Over. Okay. I bought myself two points. Glenn, we'll go to ten. Where do you want to step? Where do you want to land? Uh, I'm gonna keep on going. You're gonna go over. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. I I truly don't believe in the Green Bay defense. They are awful at football. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go under the ten. Over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I dig it. This is my first under. So over, under, and over. No, you see, what you don't know, Glenn, is, is that Jason's actually had a really good job picking these the last two weeks. So now he feels overconfident 
over overconfident. Over right? Over. But we feel And I'm under, going to underestimate under the competition. Exactly. I like that. <laughs> so we're fine. <laughs> Uh, All right, that- and for the tiebreaker will be the Detroit uh, defense. Um, they are playing against – where's my schedule? I'm really good at this, guys. The Falcons are playing the Falcons in Detroit at noon on Sunday. Sure. So I'll start it off. It is a 10-point line that I want to put on the Detroit defense. What does that mean? Detroit standard scoring, you know, defense special teams. 10 points? 10 points. That's ridiculous. Well, they've scored 17 points the last two weeks. Okay. Well, I'm going to go under, but, you know. Under. Okay. Under. Uh, We're going to go down to nine, and I will go under. Under. They're playing Atlanta. I mean, all right, eight. Under. No, it's your turn. It's my turn to go first, yeah. I'll go under as well. Under. Under. All right, seven. Your turn. I'll go over seven. Under. Ziggy Ansah's going to get it. Over. Yeah, all right. It's over. He over. He's, he's going to have three sacks. going to put him over the line. It's going to put it right over the line. Ziggy Ansah's going to – he's going to eat. All right, guys. Well, we're set on the over-unders for this week. Huzzah. Um, so we, we think that, uh, you know, well, Glenn thinks that Trevor Simeon uh, not going to be able to reach his uh, past stats – uh, Dave thinks that Chris Thompson is due to for regression, and he's not going to be scoring touchdowns this week. I think that AJ Green is due to stick with the mediocrity that he's had this year. Um, and you know, with the Detroit defense, I think it's it's not just Dave picking the over under. I think it's that me and Glenn have faith in that defensive line to cause some havoc. Yeah, faith is a good thing. That's tangible. That makes sense. <laughs> like fantasy football. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's all made up anyways. Welcome to fantasy football where points are made up and the wins don't matter. We should have done the over-under on Atlanta beating Detroit. Or Detroit beating Atlanta. What's the spread on that? What's the spread on that? I don't know. No. We we, we try to stick it more towards fantasy. Not fantasy relevant. Oh, okay. (laughs) Who wins the game? Who cares? Not fantasy relevant. Doesn't matter. Fantasy, that's all. I love that that drives, like... Pure NFL fans nuts. Like, it's a game. Who cares what part of it I like? You know, I like them scoring points. That's what I like. So we got plenty of time. Uh, do we have uh, more stuff on the docket here? No, I don't really have anything else, All right, okay. Well, let's talk about some other things. So yes, Seattle please. running backs, uh, Chris Carson. So Chris Carson did really well this past week. Uh, I want to talk about whether you guys think that Chris Carson is someone that's uh, that needs to be uh, picked up, owned, and started. So that's three things. Uh, he was picked up in a lot of leagues last week. Uh, he was not started in a lot of leagues last week, however. Uh, he rushed 20 times for 93 yards. In a close game. And caught one of two targets for seven yards. Thomas Rawls got the start. Eddie Lacy didn't even play. Healthy uh, scratch. CJ Proseis didn't play a lot. So is Chris Carson the guy that uh, the coach is behind? Is he someone you need to start on an every week basis? Or is this just like flavor of the week, rotation, Bill Belichick shit in Seattle? I truthfully think it's a Bill Belichick situation. Um, just look at last year, the example of how many running backs that they had last year, even due to injury or just the way that he felt the game should go. C.J. Proceis could have a huge game next week okay. because they're just going to decide to throw it out of the backfield all day. So even if you picked him up, you wouldn't necessarily start him because you don't, you don't trust him. I don't trust the, the 
that right. offensive line uh, right now. Thirty seconds to Jason here. Your opinion? I I think that he does like to rely on a certain guy. It's not a Belichick type situation in my mind because he only makes the changes based on injury. Belichick makes the changes based on game flow and game plan. So I do think that Chris Carson could be a guy that is going to be a big part of the offense going forward. 20 carries in a game where they were losing most of the game. They were It was like 6-6, six to six and then they were losing 9-6. to six. They scored a touchdown at the end to go up and win. Um, so that shows a lot of faith from uh, Pete Carroll. So okay. uh, if Carson's healthy and they're going to keep not even playing Lacey, then I think that Thomas Rawls probably takes a back seat. I think uh, I think he likes Carol likes the hot hand. I think it'll be a little bit of a Rawls slash Carson, and I think that that Procise will fill in on some passing downs. That's how I see it going out. The offensive line isn't good enough for us to really take a strong stance because if you pick a guy, because the offensive line can't take a strong stance. If you pick a guy as your number one right now, um, he's still not going to give you number one points. Odell Beckham caught four or five targets for thirty six yards in the Giants game last week. Uh, that means he has four receptions for 36 yards over the season, over two games, because he didn't play in the first game. Um, are we worried about Odell Beckham at all? Because it, it didn't look like he was he was cutting well. It didn't look like Eli Manning was throwing the ball well. It didn't look like the uh, offensive coordinator, in this case, the the, the, the play coach. caller yeah. uh, Ben McAdoo was was playing uh, throwing uh, calling the correct calls. So, are you worried about it? Uh, is Odell Beckham someone uh, you might consider a buy low target, or is he someone that if you have a if you have an Odell Beckham that you've got in the first round, could he possibly be a bust this year? I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think a buy low situation at this point would be nice. Anyone who wants to offer him low for me, I'll yeah. I'm listening. I will gladly take Odell Beckham Jr. for you know a fifth round draft pick if you want to trade him to me. He's for it. he's a great receiver and he's got a great quarterback throwing him the ball. So, I mean, their offense is having a lot of problems. I think that they're going to be able to figure out a few things. You know, they were pointing out just some real obvious stuff that can be kind of cleaned up last night, and they played a good defense last night. So I think that the Giants need to regroup, and they can be better. Um, But also think of it this way. If the Giants are going to be bad this year, here's garbage time. So as long as Odell doesn't, like, um, cause too much drama – then he's going to get plenty of opportunities just in garbage time. So I, I would buy low on Odell. I like Odell. Um, one thing I want to know about you guys, different game now, um, who is going to be the best fantasy player in the ultimate stink fest on Sunday, the Browns and the Colts? That is a tough one. <laughs> that is really tough. Does um, anyone want to take Jacoby Brissett? No, I think that's easy. I think it's uh, Frank Gore. Frank Gore, Really? He scores a touchdown in 70 yards, and nobody does better than him. Isaiah Crowell? Actually, That's a pretty standard Isaiah Frank Gore line. Crowell, Frank Gore have similar lines. There we go. Okay, I think I'm going to go with Crowell. I think Crowell's going to have himself a good game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about Ty Montgomery rest of season? So uh, we're, we're talking about uh, things he's done in the past couple weeks. He rushed 10 times for 35 yards and a touchdown against the Falcons. Caught 6 for 75 and a receiving touchdown. Uh, all year this year, he's rushed for 29 times uh, for almost 100, uh, two touchdowns, and t- 10 receptions for 114 yards and a touchdown. So is Ty Montgomery going to just rush and, and be the guy in the backfield that the Packers never really had? Is this wide receiver conversion what they needed? I say yes. I say all year. I say he's fantastic. 
I agree with you. I think he's going to be great out of the backfield. There's nobody really behind him that looks like him. No. So he is just going to... There's a bunch go. of newbies in the backfield. There's they, nobody. They don't have a lot of options, but his 3.1 yards per carry this year reminds me a lot of Eddie Lacy. Yeah, it's bad. And it's not great. He has 10 catches this year. You know, the fact that he has three touchdowns, I mean, what, what I see here is like a guy who's... Is Chris Thompson as a starter is what I'm seeing. And that makes me think that... Ty Montgomery is going to wear down. I would sell high on Ty Montgomery right now. He has never been a full 16-game starter at running back, and he is not going to last this year. Who do they have behind him? Williams? The rookie Jamal Jamal, Williams, I think. The difference between uh, Ty Montgomery and Chris Thompson is that Ty Montgomery is 6'2", 216, and Chris Thompson is 5'8", 191. Okay, that is a huge difference. I was looking at the amount of work You're talking about Jaquiz Rogers versus Le'Veon Bell. Okay. I mean, it's a huge deal, man. Uh, but you're right. Ty Montgomery has gotten injured in the past, etc. But this is an actual a tall, built guy that he's is... not tiny. Right? They, they're not making a terrible decision. And his he actually might even be he might weigh more than he did uh, in the statistics. I, I think they were talking about that. But so last year he had 121 touches, rushes plus receptions. This year he's already got 39. Last year, he's he, already one third of the way to his total from last year in only two games. Yeah, they are really leaning. Are you on changing him. your mind? No, I still say sell high. Ty Montgomery scored three touchdowns. There aren't too many players that are doing better than him right now. You can sell high on him. I think. Yeah. Well, Le'Veon Bell six one two twenty five. Uh, Ty Montgomery six foot two sixteen. Mike Gillisley five eleven two eighteen. McCoy five eleven two ten. Uh, I mean, the, he's a prototypical running back size, so you cannot use that original argument. That needs to be blown out of the water. My argument is that he's never done it before. No, no, I'm saying he's not been comparing that guy. him to a Chris Thompson, a guy that I was uh, looking at his stats, not his measurables. I understand. His but, stats remind me of Chris Thompson. If Chris Thompson was a starter, this is what they. It's look not like. really comparable because Chris Thompson doesn't carry the ball. I'm saying if he was the starter and carrying the ball, he'd be getting 3.1 yards per carry. If Chris Thompson was Mike Gillisley, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> There's some saying here that would work perfectly, and I can't remember it. Well, I if guess such and such was that. What we're looking at is uh, is is two out of three saying uh, Ty is going to be good all year, and one person, which uh, you know, I, I can't discount your opinion ever because it's very important, uh, and and some of the time is correct. <laughs> that 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 he may get injured because he does have a little bit of a history of that. Although, or just kind of wear down. Although previously in the year you you already said in the year in the show you already had said that uh, you can't do that to players. You have to say you have to assume people can stay healthy. They're Absolutely. healthy, so they're healthy. And he doesn't have a history of injury. What I'm saying is right. he has never experienced a workload like this. What before. you're saying is you don't have time Montgomery on your fantasy team. I don't, and I wouldn't want to <laughs> trade for him. But I think that. If you have depth that you could sell high on Ty Montgomery right you now. You could absolutely sell high. Absolutely, because he's he's doing a very good job. Selling high sort of implies that you're going to get more value than he's worth. Uh, selling high means that he's doing well and you sell him at the pinnacle it's of a, his worth. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, before we finish up the show, I wanted to bring up just one more thing, which was Jamal Charles' value. So Jamal Charles... Uh, Speaking has, of guys who might get injured, C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson. Yes. Uh, so he rushed uh, nine times for 46 yards uh, and caught one catch for six yards. What's interesting about Jamal Charles being a Denver Bronco is that he's not involved in the passing game, whereas he was always in the Kansas City Chiefs. That's because they have other backs for that in their offense. 
Jamal Charles is pretty unequivocally, I think, the backup for C.J. Anderson in this situation. Yeah. He is going to take over if C.J. Anderson gets injured, and he looks really, really good. He's still averaging 4.5 yards per carry on 19 rushes for 86 yards. Uh, he's only had one reception, but where Jamal Charles usually shines is in the receptions in the backfield, and he's not getting them. So the question is, are you going to have that guy on your bench all year and he's never going to play because C.J. Anderson is going to take all of that? Well, that means C.J. Anderson is going to be great this year. Yeah, I mean... But if C.J. Anderson gets injured, is it worth uh, you know, having Jamal Charles on your bench to pick him up, uh, to, to play him? Because he is scoring almost enough rushing yards per, per uh, week to, to be a solid bench player no matter what. Jamal Charles? Yeah. He could be the best handcuff in the entire league. Uh, I don't think he's the best handcuff in the entire league. But well, I do like know. I like James Conner or Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. James Conner, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah. There's a Derrick few. Henry. Derrick Henry. Well, tell course. me, tell me what you feel about Jamal Charles. He I looks like he's recovered from his injuries. If you're, if you're a CJ Anderson owner, you need to pick up Jamal Charles because if you didn't, if after the week one, everybody let him go down to the waiver wire, so you should pick him up and just have him as the handcuff because C.J. Anderson has not proven himself to be a week-by-week uh, week con- consistent starter. He always gets hurt every single year. Has he done, like, every um, – oh, you need a beer. Has he, has he ever played 16 games, C.J.? I don't think C.J. Anderson has played 16 games. Um – I asked for I this guy gave me six. He's fantastic. <laughs> I'm here for you, buddy. Yes. Uh, so I'm pulling up CJ Anderson's Pro Football Reference page right now. By the way, if you love football statistics, go to ProFootballReference.com. It's the greatest thing ever. He has two seasons, CJ Anderson does, of 15 games. Uh, last year he played only seven. Uh, and this year, obviously, he's played two. He has the most rushes in the league at the moment. Uh, but at 199 rushing yards, a score, a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, 4.4 yards per carry. Um, boy, am I happy that I drafted him in a couple leagues. Boy, howdy. I'm extremely happy. Yeehaw. He's doing well, and I like it. <laughs> like I said, the Broncos are an interesting team to me. Uh, they're playing a lot better than I thought they would be. Fair enough. Who's going to win the division? Kansas in the City? West? Kansas City or the Broncos? Kansas City. Kansas City looks great. Really? Broncos look interesting. Kansas City looks great. Okay. Philly looks like a good team. They beat two good teams oh, already. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah. It's AFC, always, you know. AFC West is always interesting to watch. I, I, I am a Chiefs appreciator this year. You are? Okay. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a Von Miller guy, so when he decides that he wants to. Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, a yeah. quarterback who doesn't turn it over. Vaughn Miller can eat them alive. Oh, dude, when they play, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a really good game. I'm excited for it. I'm coming over for that. All right, we'll do it. <laughs> so, um, so every Sunday uh, we we usually have a, a couple of people that are asking us a line of questions, etc. You can tweet us at Drink Five. Um, happy to have gotten that name, by the way, on Twitter. Appreciate that. Thanks, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we have a couple of other questions that are available um, for us right now. If you're interested, uh, one of the the questions that I've, I've been uh, getting is is whether or not you should start uh, Marcus Mariota or Carson Palmer. This is for Ooh. a two-quarterback league as the second quarterback. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to start, and I, I'm going to say that uh, Palmer has been okay, but Arizona really is 
is is feeling a little bit of a depression here without David Johnson. So I I would probably go with Mariota, um, even though you know they've had their issues too with wide receivers. It you know it's funny. It seems like they got all the wide receivers they needed, but they're not connecting with them. The chemistry is not there. It's it's not. It's um... Corey Davis hamstring. Eric Decker's not getting the touchdown looks he usually does. Um, Delaney Walker is the only one he still likes throwing the ball to. Yeah, so it's tough. But I, I'm going to go with Mariota. So Mariota or Palmer this week. Uh, if you guys need the matchups. Yeah, what's the matchups? Can, can I get a beer and I will give the matchups? <laughs> uh, so the Cardinals will be playing the Cowboys on Monday Night Football in Arizona. And um, who is the other quarterback? Mariota. Mari- the Tennessee Titans are going to be playing the Seattle Seahawks at home. Uh, in Tennessee, that is. Start start Carson Palmer. I would say uh, I don't like the Dallas D, but Dallas's offense right now, they're very high potent, and they're coming off of almost uh, uh, an embarrassing defeat. So they're going to come out hot. Not almost. That was an embarrassing defeat. That was defeat. embarrassing. So Got they're going to come out hot this week. So I think they're going to come out, and they're going to – they're going to run the ball down their throats, and then Carson Palmer's going to have to throw all game. So, they, you know, he's going to have to – he's getting touchdowns. I like, J. I like J. Palmer Nelson as doing well. Pretty well. J.J. Nelson. Nelson's uh, one of the best uh, wide receivers in the league so far. In the short year, everything's a small sample size th- this show. But um, I do like Carson Palmer. Bruce Arians kind of had a few choice words for Palmer during halftime last week, and they played a lot better. In the second half, they wound up winning the game. Um, it wasn't pretty at all, but – uh, if they can get a little bit of a running game going, get Larry Fitzgerald more involved, um, if they can find a running back that can do something for them, that would be huge. Kerwin Williams is clearly not the answer. Absolutely not. Neither is Chris Johnson. Neither is anyone on that team, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I think they're uh, they're just going to be pining for Johnson, man. Uh, David Johnson, I, they really can't. There's no solution. That's too bad. But all those people that picked up Kerwin Johnson as their number one waiver pick. Kerwin picks, Williams. Uh, Kerwin Williams, yes. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out you were better off trying for Tariq Cohen. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely true. For, I for, didn't think it would be. But for rest yeah. of season, absolutely. But but you never know. And that's the thing about fantasy football is it's always like a little bit of a toss. Are you going to throw that, you know, uh, that, that 2, 3, or 12? Fantasy football is 50-50. What you need to do is try and tip the scales a little bit in your favor. Yeah, I'll go with 50-50. I mean, I don't know what it is statistically. But yes, luck, a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, absolutely. Right. All right, well, um, I'm trying. I'm trying to finish the show, but it doesn't want to work with me. Anyways, uh, (laughs) thanks for joining us uh, on the Drink... Well, I almost said the Drink 5 Fantasy Football Podcast. But we are now the Fantasy Finish Line, It's all true, actually. Everything's true. It's all the same thing-ish, you know. So anyways, uh, join us next week. We're going to be here on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. We may have a guest. I hope we do. We need to talk to someone. If you know us and want to come on the show, then let me know, and we'll have you on the show. Um, Anyways, uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Go to the website, drink5.com. Ask us questions. Uh, iTunes and Stitcher. Look for Drink 5 Network and uh, subscribe to our podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Field of tall grass.